Section 21 of On Christian Doctrine. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. On Christian Doctrine by Augustine of Hippo. Translated by J. F. Shaw. Section number 21. Chapter 19. The Christian teacher must use different styles on different occasions. 38. And yet, while our teacher ought to speak of great matters, he ought not always to be speaking of them in a majestic tone, but in a subdued tone when he is teaching, temperately when he is giving praise or blame. When, however, something is to be done, and we are speaking to those who ought, but are not willing, to do it, then great matters must be spoken of with power, and in a manner calculated to sway the mind. And sometimes the same important matter is treated in all these ways at different times, quietly when it is being taught, temperately when its importance is being urged, and powerfully when we are forcing a mind that is averse to the truth to turn and embrace it. For is there anything greater than God himself? Is nothing then to be learnt about him? Or ought he who is teaching the Trinity in unity to speak of it otherwise than in the method of calm discussion, so that in regard to a subject which it is not easy to comprehend, we may understand as much as it is given us to understand? Are we in this case to seek out ornaments instead of proofs? Or is the hearer to be moved to do something instead of being instructed, so that he may learn something. But when we come to praise God, either in himself or in his works, what a field for beauty and splendor of language opens up before man, who can task his powers to the utmost in praising him, whom no one can adequately praise, though there is no one who does not praise him in some measure. But if he be not worshipped, or if idols, whether they be demons or any created being whatever be worshipped with him or in preference to him then we ought to speak out with power and impressiveness show how great a wickedness this is and urge men to flee from it chapter twenty examples of the various styles drawn from scripture thirty nine but now to come to something more definite we have an example of the calm, subdued style in the Apostle Paul, where he says, Tell me, ye that desire to be under the law, do ye not hear the law? For it is written that Abraham had two sons, the one by a bondmaid, the other by a free woman. But he who was of the bondwoman was born after the flesh, but he of the free woman was by promise. Which things are an allegory? For these are the two covenants, the one from the Mount Sinai, which gendereth to bondage, which is Hagar. For this Hagar is Mount Sinai in Arabia, and answereth to Jerusalem, which now is, and is in bondage with her children. But Jerusalem, which is above, is free, which is the mother of us all, and so on. And in the same way where he reasons thus, brethren, I speak after the manner of men, though it be but a man's covenant, yet if it be confirmed, no man disannulleth or addeth thereto. 
not to abraham and his seed were the promises made he saith not and to seeds as of many but as of one and to thy seed which is christ in this i say that the covenant that was confirmed before of god in christ the law which was four hundred and thirty years after cannot disannul that it should make the promise of none effect for if the inheritance be of the law it is no more of promise but god gave it to abraham by promise and because it might possibly occur to the hearer to ask if there is no inheritance by the law why then was the law given he himself anticipates this objection and asks wherefore then serveth the law and the answer is given it was added because of transgressions till the seed should come to whom the promise was made and it was ordained by angels in the hand of a mediator now a mediator is not a mediator of one but god is one and here an objection occurs which he himself has stated is the law then against the promises of god he answers god forbid and he also states the reason in these words for if there had been a law given which could have given life verily righteousness should have been by the law but the scripture hath concluded all under sin that the promise by faith of jesus christ might be given to them that believe it is part then of the duty of the teacher not only to interpret what is obscure but to unravel the difficulties of questions but also while doing this to meet other questions which may chance to suggest themselves lest these should cast doubt or discredit on what we say if however the solution of these questions suggests itself as soon as the questions themselves arise it is useless to disturb what we cannot remove and besides when out of one question other questions arise and out of these again still others if these should be all discussed and solved the reasoning is extended to such a length that unless the memory be exceedingly powerful and active the reasoner finds it impossible to return to the original question from which he set out it is however exceedingly desirable that whatever occurs in the mind as an objection that might be urged should be stated and refuted lest it turn up at a time when no one will be present to answer it or lest if it should occur to a man who is present but says nothing about it it might never be thoroughly removed forty in the following words of the apostle we have the temperate style rebuke not an elder but entreat him as a father and the younger men as brethren the elder woman as mothers the younger as sisters and also in these i beseech you therefore brethren by the mercies of god that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice holy acceptable unto god which is your reasonable service in almost the whole of this horatory passage is in the temperate style of eloquence and those parts of it are the most beautiful in which as if paying what was due things that belong to each other are gracefully brought together for example having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us whether prophecy let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith or ministry let us wait on our ministering or he that teacheth on teaching or he that exhorteth 
on exhortation he that giveth let him do it with simplicity he that ruleth with diligence he that showeth mercy with cheerfulness let love be without dissimulation abhor that which is evil cleave to that which is good be kindly affectioned one to the other with brotherly love in honor preferring one another not slothful in business fervent in spirit serving the lord rejoicing in hope patient in tribulation continuing instant in prayer distributing to the necessity of saints given to hospitality bless them which persecute you bless and curse not rejoice with them that do rejoice and weep with them that weep be of the same mind one toward another and how gracefully all this is brought to a close in a period of two members mind not high things but condescend to men of low estate and a little afterwards render therefore to all their dues tribute to whom tribute is due custom to whom custom fear to whom fear honor to whom honor and these also though expressed in single clauses are terminated by a period of two members owe no man anything but to love one another and a little farther on the night is far spent the day is at hand let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light let us walk honestly as in the day not in rioting and drunkenness not in chambering and wantonness not in strife and envying but put ye on the lord jesus christ and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof now if the passage were translated thus et carnis providentium ni in concupiscentius feceritas the year would no doubt be gratified with a more harmonious ending but our translator with more strictness preferred to retain even the order of the words and how this sounds in the greek language in which the apostle spoke those who were better skilled in that tongue may determine my opinion however is that what has been translated to us in the same order of words does not run very harmoniously even in the original tongue forty one and indeed i must confess that our authors are very defective in that grace of speech which consists in harmonious endings whether this be the fault of the translators or whether as i am more inclined to believe the authors designedly avoided such ornaments i dare not affirm for i confess i do not know this i know however that if any one who is skilled in this species of harmony would take the closing sentences of these writers and arrange them according to the law of harmony which he could very easily do by changing some words for words of equivalent meaning or by retaining the words he finds and altering their arrangement he will learn that these divinely inspired men are not defective in any of those points which he has been taught in the schools of the grammarians and rhetoricians to consider of importance and he will find in them many kinds of speech of great beauty beautiful even in our language but especially beautiful in the original none of which can be found in those writings of which they boast so much but care must be taken that while adding harmony we take away none of the weight from these divine and authoritative utterances
now our prophets were so far from being deficit in the musical training from which this harmony we speak of is most fully learnt that jerome a very learned man describes even the metres employed by some of them in the hebrew language at least though in order to give an accurate rendering of the words he has not preserved these in his translation i however to speak of my own feeling which is better known to me than it is to others than of others is to me while i do not in my own speech however modestly i think it done neglect these harmonious endings am just as well pleased to find them in the sacred authors very rarely forty two the majestic style of speech differs from the temperate style just spoken of chiefly in that it is not so much decked out with verbal ornaments as exalted into vehemence by mental emotion it uses indeed nearly all the ornaments that the other does but if they do not happen to be at hand it does not seek for them for it is borne on by its own vehemence and the force of the thought not the desire for ornament makes it seize upon any beauty of expression that comes in its way it is enough for its object that warmth of feeling should suggest the fitting words they need not be selected by careful elaboration of speech if a brave man be armed with weapons adorned with gold and jewels he works feats of valor with those arms in the heat of battle not because they are costly but because they are arms and yet the same man does great execution even when anger furnishes him with a weapon that he digs out of the ground the apostle in the following passage is urging that for the sake of the ministry of the gospel and sustained by the consolations of god's grace we should bear with patience all the evils of this life it is a great subject and is treated with power and the ornaments of speech are not wanting behold he says now is the accepted time behold now is the day of salvation give no offence in anything that the ministry be not blamed but in all things approving ourselves as the ministers of god in much patience in afflictions in necessities in distresses and strifes in imprisonments in tumults in labors in watchings in fastings by pureness by knowledge by long suffering by kindness by the holy spirit by love unfeigned by the word of truth by the power of god by the armor of righteousness on the right hand and on the left by honor and dishonor by evil report and good report as deceivers and yet true as unknown and yet well known as dying and behold we live as chastened and not killed as sorrowful yet alway rejoicing as poor yet making many rich as having nothing and yet possessing all things see him still burning o ye corinthians our mouth is opened unto you our heart is enlarged and so on it would be tedious to go through it all forty three and in the same way writing to the romans he urges that the persecutions of this world should be overcome by charity in assured reliance on the help of god and he treats this subject with both power and beauty we know he says that all things work together for good to them that love god 
to them who are the called according to his purpose for whom he did foreknow he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son that he might be the firstborn among many brethren moreover whom he did predestinate them he also called and whom he called them he also justified and whom he justified them he also glorified what shall we then say to these things if god be for us who can be against us he that spared not his own son but delivered him up for us all how shall he not with him also freely give us all things who shall lay anything to the charge of god's elect it is god that justifieth who is he that condemneth it is christ that died yea rather that is risen again who is even at the right hand of god who also maketh intercession for us who shall separate us from the love of christ shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword as it is written for thy sake we are killed all the day long we are counted as sheep for the slaughter nay in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us for i am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of god which is in christ jesus our lord forty four again in writing to the galatians although the whole epistle is written in the subdued style except at the end where it rises into a temperate eloquence yet he interposes one passage of so much feeling that notwithstanding the absence of any ornaments such as appear in the passages just quoted it cannot be called anything but powerful he observed days and months and times and years i am afraid of you lest i have bestowed upon you labour in vain brethren i beseech you be as i am for i am as ye are ye have not injured me at all ye know how through infirmity of the flesh i preached the gospel unto you at the first and my temptation which was in my flesh ye despised not nor rejected but received me as an angel of god even as christ jesus where is then the blessedness ye spake of for i bear you record that if it had been possible ye would have plucked out your own eyes and have given them to me am i therefore become your enemy because i tell you the truth they zealously affect you but not well yea they would exclude you that ye might affect them but it is good to be zealously affected always in a good thing and not only when i am present with you my little children of whom i travail in birth again until christ be formed in you i desire to be present with you now and to change my voice for i stand in doubt of you is there anything here of contrasted words arranged antithetically or of words rising gradually to a climax or of sonorous clauses and sections and periods yet notwithstanding there is a glow of strong emotion that makes us feel the fervor of eloquence End of section 21